0: All right, brothers and sisters. Good way to close the day, HB. Thank you very much, brother. Thank uh, you, brother. You, you. What glorious words you read for us! But the Lord is faithful; He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. I thought it might be useful to start with a couple more testimonies, uh, maybe specifically of that. Any of you guys want to share? Somehow the Lord has proven faithful in your ministry. Somehow the Lord has established you and guarded you against the evil one that would encourage us. A personal testimony. He did it then. It was awesome.
1: Well, I would just share this, uh, the first church I served, uh, was a wonderful church for my wife and I, but after six and a half years with conflict uh, in the staff, and I was not the lead pastor, uh, I resigned with no place to go. Three children, a fourth on the way, and took a job making $5.50 an hour uh, as a courier. And uh, I had a master's degree, was working on my doctorate degree. And over the next nine months, it was like I had leprosy and I, no one wanted to ask me to preach for them. I interviewed with several churches, one interview out, uh, not even a follow-up. And uh, you cannot help but begin to doubt yourself and wondering what's wrong with me, what's wrong with my preaching, what's wrong with my interpersonal skills, am I not walking rightly with the Lord, is this His judgment? And actually the Lord was protecting me because He did have a place for me to serve but that place wasn't ready yet. It wouldn't be ready for a year. And so had I taken things into my own hands, I would have pressed the issue. Uh, I would have gone to this church, this church, this church. All they had to do was ask. And you know, it's kind of like coming to a fork in the road. If I had taken any one of those paths, uh, my life would have gone in a completely different trajectory than it has. And so in that instance, uh, Jonathan, the Lord protected Danny Aiken from Danny Aiken who is probably Danny Yakin's greatest enemy.
0: <laughs> is there, was there a moment in that story where you were standing in a dumpster?
1: Yes, there was. In
0: the hot sun or something? Uh, yes,
1: I was in Dallas, July of 1984, uh, working for this commercial real estate company, and the boss said, look, we've got a shopping center up uh, in uh, McKinney, uh, there's garbage all in a dumpster. There's garbage all around a dumpster. They can't get to the dumpster. They put another empty dumpster beside it. You need to go up there and get all that trash and put it in that dumpster. But the other dumpster, they say, is, is uh, stuck, over, over-packed. So you need to climb in that dumpster and throw some of that stuff over into the other dumpster. And, and you explained, and,
0: hey, I have an MDiv.
1: Yes. Oh, I'm working on a doctor's degree at that time. I mean, I have an MDiv. That's, that's really a great education for work like that, but um, <laughs> lunchtime, a guy named Sam felt guilty, uh, or felt bad for him. He came and picked me up for lunch. I thought this would be great. We'll go into a nice restaurant somewhere. Well, we went to Dairy Queen, and he said, you need to sit out here underneath the shed at the picnic table. And I said, well, I want to go in where there's air conditioning. He said, uh, you're not going in. You stink. And so I sat outside, we ate a hamburger, and I went back, and and I've shared this before, I really was hot, uh, not just physically, I was hot with the Lord. And I just began to kind of have a conversation in my heart about, what's the deal? I know you're God and you're sovereign, but I think you are like having a really bad day because I don't think this is a very good use of my abilities and talents and skill and training. And I don't get it. And just kind of quietly after a time, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, well, what if it is my will for you to be in this dumpster? Would you really want to be somewhere else? And thankfully, I didn't answer the prayer immediately (laughs) because I have no doubt I would have answered it wrongly. But after thinking on it, I was to the point where I could actually say, no, Lord, if, if your will is for me to be here, as painful and confusing as it is, I'd rather be here. And again, I can see now, hindsight, as we heard earlier today, is so wonderful. You can look back and see how God was working and orchestrating things painfully, uh, painful to you, but for your good. And so the Lord, and that gives you sustaining strength uh, for the assignments and the tasks and the trials and difficulties that you'll engage later.
2: H.B., Um, quickly I just wanted to share, and I didn't think about this till we were going over our messages this morning. This this is the second to last message I preached at the church I served in Los Angeles before I left. And the uh, church was just brokenhearted I had been in the church all of my life and I served it for 18 years. And I was being called to the other side of the country where I did not know anybody and I was following a moral failure. It was the scandal of the city and there, was, there, was, there were evil things going on in the church. And they told me before I came as much as they could, and that wasn't a fraction of it. And when I, the men were talking about the final messages I should preach, I don't know how we landed on this second Thessalonians. And uh, I just wept throughout the sermon. I didn't preach that long. But Paul said, just how are we going forward? And Paul says, I, I, I'm in Corinth, you in Thess- I'll pray for you, you pray for me. And that church kept that commitment. And when I got to Jacksonville, by God's grace, he raised up people who had no quote-unquote power in that church, but they were people committed to praying for me. And with all of the horrible things that would end up happening, you know, I don't want to use words in a cavalier fashion. It is a miracle that church is still in existence. Danny knows what I am saying. And it is, a, it is a work of God that I'm still there. And that the witness God has given us in the community is not what the enemy had plotted out. And I don't, I don't know anything to put it on except the two factors that there were people praying, and the Lord is faithful. Amen. The Lord is faithful. He will establish you
0: and guard you against the evil one. Anyone else? Maybe one more?
3: Well, just similar to HB's, I think think our church is probably a smaller version of the same thing. The pastor before me had been unfaithful, uh, and it had caused this already elderly and sort of demographically dying congregation. It, was, it, it felt, I think, to them like a death blow uh, when they found this out. And uh, that was when they reached out to me and uh, I came and ended up feeling called there and they called me. And, <clears throat> and so, you know, I, I can think of contrasting times when I think I see the Lord's faithful answer to prayer or, or I trust Him in prayer. So there'll be sometimes these days when I'll be singing in the congregation and uh, people probably wondering what I'm doing. I'm just weeping while I'm singing. And it's partly I'm thinking about the words that I'm singing and what usually it's going to be about the atonement or about heaven. Um, but the other thing is just thinking about what the Lord has done in our church, you know, which did not look like a likely candidate for rejuvenation um, by any means. But then also in just very hard things. In, in, in the last decade with my wife's health, or a time before that when, when our daughter, who's not a believer, just was very obviously not a believer after she left our home. And that was just hard. It's hard for any Christian couple, especially I think for a pastor uh, and his wife, where, you know, our daughter had been brought there on the block. We live on the same block as the church. Everybody knows us. Uh, so, in some of the hardest things in life, uh, God's faithfulness is no less clear. I mean, it, it is less clear in some ways, but, but in an overarching sense, it's not. And His faithful sustenance is is just good. He is, he is reliable and trustworthy uh, when things appear like they're working and when they don't appear like they're working. He is faithful.
4: Amen. HB's message was, uh, I feel like, especially encouraging uh, to me as I think of the church that I'm at now. And um, six weeks before we started the church uh, in April of 2015, me and Mark are at a conference much like this one, and we go out to dinner. And I get a phone call that my brother uh, dies just in his car, pastor, 32 years old, three kids at home, falls asleep, doesn't wake up. And it absolutely just devastated and crushed me. and You know, everything I thought about the goodness of God, uh, I questioned. And this is six weeks before we're supposed to start this church. And then I come back home and go to Memphis. And by the time I arrive in Memphis, people that are a part of our church plan are already at my sister-in-law's house. Um, And I just felt carried and supported and prayed for by the church in a way that I never had at 31 years old, being a pastor since I was, you know, 20, 324, it was the first time that I was a part of a church where um, I started to get the questions from people. How are you? How can I pray for you? Um, And it drastically has changed and shaped my experience as a pastor in a church to this day. And um, yeah, to this day, I still like look back and, you know, I question and I disagree, and I feel like God, did you really have to take, you know, my brother for this to take place? And the good that you brought out does it outweigh that? And there's still questions in my heart. But uh, yeah, I just think I, there's just not a shadow of a doubt in my mind that God has done so much good in a way that I never would have chosen uh, for myself. And so. Grateful for that. Thank you, brother.
0: The steadfast love of the Lord. Sing with me. Never ceases. I'm asking you guys to sing with me. (laughs) His days never come to an end. They are new every morning. New every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. Great is thy faithfulness. HB, how do you encourage practically your church to pray?
2: How do you teach, encourage them to pray? I mentioned earlier the um, two, uh, I, I wrote something on prayer and i had two goals about it i've read so much over the years about prayer that is just not good Um, a it guilted me more than encouraged me to pray and secondly there were all of these stories of these Fantastic answers to prayer that are wonderful, but they don't, they, didn't, they were not authoritative. And two things that were on my heart number one is just to fill a book with scripture. But then, secondly, I wanted the tone of the book to match, I believe, the tone of scripture, which is, which is an encouragement to pray, a motivation to pray. I mean, he has the right to just say, ask, seek, knock because I said so, but he, he accompanies those commands with promises. Um, he commands us not to be anxious for anything, but he promises that if you just pray about it, I'll give you peace that surpasses all understanding. And I, I try to teach, so first of all, what the Word of God says. And I try to encourage our people with the tone of scripture, which is motivation, promise, hope in the faithfulness of God to hear and answer prayer and to to be strong on his people's behalf. And the third way, I just think at a certain point, with all due respect, (laughs) you, you just gotta pray. Yeah, and I think sometimes we talk about prayer and teach on prayer and read on prayer and study on prayer, and don't pray. And I just try to—I'm trying to turn every possible setting I can into a prayer meeting.
0: Do you guys have a prayer meeting?
2: We do, Tuesday nights and Wednesday nights.
0: How's that? Is that new? Old? Have you
2: always done that? We—we we had. Saturday morning and then once a month a Sunday evening and it was something else added to our weekend schedule. I I visited Capitol Hill last year and came home and transitioned our midweek services on Tuesday and Wednesday nights to our weekly prayer meeting. It, it was, I mentioned earlier, it was a little bit of a transition. Primarily that meant we, had to, we were preaching shorter messages, which, was, which is work for us. Uh, but our encouragement to do that is that our people have really been encouraged to attend and participate in those, those times of prayer. So I'm, I'm really…
3: So are you guys spending more time in prayer as a church now than you were? Yes.
2: And I feel like it is. Yes, we are spending more time. I, I would consider us a praying church, but I feel like we've turned up um, that notch on prayer. And I feel like we are doing a better job as elders of shepherding what we should be praying for. And I feel like that is being a blessing, Dr. We're trying to pray with spiritual priorities. Um, and I think we're seeing the fruit of that.
0: Uh, what are other practical ways you guys encourage, or do you, encourage your churches to pray for you? And I'll throw another one in. What do you encourage them to pray? He gave us a good list of four things. But what do you encourage them to pray and How?
1: I'm not a pastor. Uh, I I do teach at our church some, but for the seminary, uh, we pray for the nations. Every chapel service, we either pray for North America or we pray for the nations, and that's just a regular pattern. We pray for other things as well, but we are going to pray for the nations, and we're going to pray for North America uh, every time we gather. So that's just something that we at Southeastern are very particular... Uh, to pray about. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Look at all this humility up here.
5: How do we encourage folks to pray for us? For you, because
0: that was that was a, a central point of the message. How do you guys do that? Yeah, I
5: don't, I, I mean, I, this is a weakness of my leadership, I think. I, I don't, know that I do a lot
0: of active encouraging of
5: people to pray for me, but I I know that my folks pray for me. Um, And that may be why I don't feel the need to encourage it. More than I do, I just, I get notes through the week uh, of folks praying in various ways. Um, I'm blessed that I have people check in on me, ask me how I'm doing. Um, Folks will tell me they're praying. Um, And I do feel like there have been particular times where I have felt helped and I think it to be the result of people's prayers uh, for me. So I don't don't know that I'm leading well in that, but I do feel like I have people who pray for.
0: It occurs to me, Paul says it several times. You get those examples in Thessalonians. You also get in Colossians where he says that I may make the message clear. Ephesians 6. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's right. I mean, you do that, brother, when you have them pray for the regular preaching of God's Word in this church. That's a prayer, I I take it, for you and and other teachers, that we would make the message clear. Any other?
3: Well, In my my pastoral prayer on Sunday morning, when I pray for other churches, I hope I'm modeling what our people should be praying for us as well, the kind of things I'm praying about for other churches.
6: I think another thing that teaches your church how to pray for pastors is when pastors pray for pastors publicly
0: too. What do you guys want your church to pray for you?
3: Okay, I, I, of the guys up here, I probably pray most often for Thabiti. I'm probably praying for Thabiti publicly, I don't know, once or twice a month. Thank you, do yeah.
1: stop. <laughs> no, no, no,
3: I'm planning on it, man, and- uh, Thabiti needs
5: the most prayer.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: I, think, I, think right. I think that's right. Why is that? <laughs> and, you know,
3: the, the, main, the main thing I'm praying for is that the brother will remain faithful to the Lord and that God will prosper his ministry. I mean, it's very much the kind of stuff you were bringing us from the Word, uh, that the, the gospel will prosper in Anacostia and that the Lord will use ARC uh, in doing that. Um,
1: so it's basic stuff, but yeah. you were to ask me what I want folks to pray for me for that I'm ministering to, Uh, I want them to pray for uh, my purity and and holiness, that I'd be a morally clean and pure person, wisdom, especially when you have responsibilities over people's lives and so many things, Uh, and then faithfulness. Uh, It's easy to get distracted, and I think we can sometimes even slip into uh, things that could lead us to be unfaithful. So Lord, keep me grounded and focused on the word. Yeah. And keep me faithful, keep me wise, keep me morally pure and clean. Pray yeah. for my family, I, you know, pray for my marriage. I've been married for 41 years, but I still know that we have a lot to learn and a lot of growth uh, to experience. And uh, so we should never think we've arrived uh, in that area. And again, in this day and age, particularly, I would say this to these brothers, with the desperate need for good role models. Because so many people in our churches came out of broken homes. They've never seen a healthy marriage. They've never seen a healthy family. And of course they look to their pastors uh, as role models in many ways. And I think one of the ways they look is at the marriages. Uh, How does that, that, do they see a pastor loving well uh, his wife, caring for her, Treating her with respect and deference, treating her like a queen. uh, I think that sets a really good example, especially for so many men who don't know how to love well a woman.
0: Yeah, I appreciate your honesty, brother. And HB, I I think this, this may be something we need to grow in, right? Learning how to ask our church to pray for us. And I think the four things you gave, the word of the Lord, the protection of the Lord, I missed the third one, and then the direction of the Lord. What was the third one? Faithfulness. The faithfulness?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. All very good. Brian, how do you pray for members when you do pastoral visits? If you guys haven't listened to the interview I did with Brian on pastoral visits, I probably get an email a week since then, which I did like, was like last summer, an email a week thanking me for that conversation, all the insight that the brother brought to his pastoral visits. How do you pray? members with them in your pastoral visits
5: Um,
6: I mean generally I mean you're trying to play the pray the Bible over them so we pray for them twice and pray for God to bless our time before we start we ask him for wisdom and insight and that he would help us to be a mutual encouragement pull that mic up help us be a mutual encouragement to each other Um, I I'm, I'm always thanking the Lord for their salvation um, so that's generally how we'll start a pastoral visit is just giving the Lord thanks uh, for saving them and for keeping them this long and uh, for caring them and uh, just asking Him for help. And then as we're trying to care for their soul, as we're kind of gathering data in terms of talking with them, we, we try to conclude that time by lifting those things up to the Lord and asking him to bless them according to his word.
0: Do other brothers use hymns? like Danny does in the Baptist hymnal as part of your prayer life? Do you mean personally? Yeah, personally. Yep. Mm, Some of you, most of you, sounds like.
6: Shy better do it, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah,
5: absolutely.
0: And what I love about that, brother, is hymns do bring out different kinds of prayers, don't they? Confession, lament, adoration, intercession. That's right. It's all there. That's right. When we tend to default towards intercession so any last comments any last thoughts on the days on the day brother brothers
6: i just want to thank you again that was a very just encouraging time under the word of god just the way that it was rightly divided and i thought you did an exceptional job of commending the steadfastness of the lord jesus and the love of god and uh, just cause us to kind of look to him and uh yeah, swell in, in hope and in joy and in uh, adoration uh, for how good he is. so thank you for serving us
5: it's, it's been a, It's been a feast today i'm tired I'm ready to go
2: <laughs> but it's, it's
5: been really good I'm encouraging Thank you for the word, brother, um, just feeding us so well, so carefully through the text. Uh, I was particularly helped uh, on the engine like the diagnostics and Paying attention to those things in your heart, brother. That's just caring for our souls, and that I appreciate that. Amen.
3: Uh, I too felt it was a dope message.
4: (laughs) (laughs) message.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Discipleship.
3: Discipleship.
0: (laughs) Well, discipler, will you close us in prayer?
6: Our Father in heaven, we do bless you this evening. We give you thanks. We thank you for the Lord Jesus. We thank you for graciously giving up your son for us all with him a uh, guarantee that he will give us all things uh, we thank you for the brothers who have rightly divided your word we know that was you and by your grace now we pray that you would help us to meditate on your word even as we go to bed that we would delight in your law day and night pray that you would help us to not forget what we heard but that we would be eager to be doers of it. I pray for everyone here, Lord. I pray that we would enjoy praying to you this evening, that you would cause us to lift our cares to you freshly. Pray that you would grow us all in prayer, that we would grow in joy and delight in it and faithfulness to it. Uh, You're wonderful and you give wonderful gifts. We thank you for the wonderful gift of prayer. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.